HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Well, hello. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer, and it is February 22nd, 2024. And this is our 381st episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, I'm on location in my hometown of Miami with an acclaimed chef and restaurateur, and I will introduce her fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we'll have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to be able to work individually and together with others. Yes, there's a time and place for getting things done solo and showcasing your own personal voice and ideas without the influence of anyone else. And there can also be situations that call for collaboration and being a part of a team or a greater good. One is not better than the other, just different. And each are good skills to have. It may not be easy for everyone to master both, but we can all strive to understand when to act solo or as a unit and do our best to make both scenarios as amazing as they can be. That's my tip today. Okay, so I'm excited, as I said, to be in Miami with my guest today, who is Valerie Chang Kumpa, otherwise known as Val, (laughs) an award-winning Miami-based chef who, along with her family, opened Itame in the Miami Design District, focusing on Nikkei cuisine. And in 
2019, the team opened a fast casual offshoot concept called B-Side inside the popular Asian food hall 1-800-LUCKY. Her latest restaurant opening is Maddie's in Miami's Midtown neighborhood, which has a modern take on Comida Criola, a traditional Peruvian food of Valerie's upbringing. Valerie, or Val, quickly garnered praise as one of the city's top young chefs, earning an Eater Young Gun nomination in 2018, two James Beard semifinalist nominations for Rising Star Chef in 2019 and 20, and nominations for Best Chef South in 2022 and 2023. And the accolades have continued, including Itame on the New York Times coveted restaurant list in 2021 and as Michelin Bib Gourmand in 2022, Maddie's on Bon Appetit's 24 best new restaurants in 2023 and the New York Times restaurant list and Val and her brother Nando were the first siblings to be named together to Food and Wine Magazine's best new chefs class of 2023 and Val was nominated this year for the 2024 James Beard Awards as a semi-finalist for Maddie's as, a, as the best chef's South category. There's more, but let's get to the show. It's amazing. Hi. Hi, Val. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Well, I'm welcoming you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, well, first, w- do you prefer Val or Valerie? Whichever. Whichever. Like, and then we'll, I've been called Val since I moved to the U.S. when I was in fifth grade. Nobody ever called me Valerie again. <laughs> oh, funny. So I usually even introduce myself as Val. Sometimes I catch myself I'm like, actually, my name is Valerie. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think I, since I've met you, I've been calling you Val, but then when, you know, you're doing a formal introduction of someone, it's Valerie. <laughs> yeah. No, we can, we can stay with Val since that's how we met. <laughs> okay. Very cool. So, so take us back a bit to your childhood. You grew up in Peru. Yeah. I grew up in Chiclayo, Peru, which is a Northern uh, coastal town by the, in, um, and I grew up with my brother and I grew up with our grandparents. Uh, and we were there till 2000, really early 2002. And then we came to meet up our parents here who had already been here working. Okay. Um, but we grew up alongside with my grandmother and my other cousins. Um, in our home, it was always super, food was always super important. My grandfather was uh passionate about food and and going to he had a different place to go eat for different uh menu items so we grew up with food being really important in our home and my grandmother was a great 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 cook my both of my grandmothers are great cooks yeah Um, so grew up really influenced with food so when did you get the inkling that you wanted to pursue a career as a chef or it was early on in your childhood that you were you know influenced by food but do you think you'd make no, a No, I didn't really choose till I was probably 18. 18, yeah. that's when I figured out that's what I wanted to do because I grew up in restaurants, right? Like when you move into the U.S., you know, it's a very true immigrant story. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment. All You know, my dad, my brother, and I, um, and my dad couldn't afford a babysitter, so he would take me to the restaurant when I... My parents are divorced, so I would spend time with my mom. I would spend time with my dad, and... um when I was with my dad and if he couldn't, he could never get a babysitter. But if my brother was out or if my my cousins weren't around, 
I'd always, I'd always have to go to the restaurant with him and I would just garnish rolls, fry things, mozzarella sticks. And I, so I got comfortable with the kitchen and I got comfortable with the floor really fast. And I think at like 14 and a half around there, I had gone with my dad to work and one of the servers called out and you know, that's the beauty of being that young and careless. I said, well, I I can do this. I've Mm -hmm. been watching her do it for years. Can't be that hard. So my manager, crazy, let me, let me take, he let me take tables that night and I crushed it and I made, (laughs) crushed he did. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if I crushed it, but you know, I crushed crushed it. For that age, I crushed it and I made like $300. Yeah, so you're like, so I, like I was this. like, I love this, <laughs> and I wanted to go. I was, I graduated high school at 17, so everybody was getting in my school. Everybody, not everybody, but if you wanted to, there was Europe trips, and you could take them the year, uh, your summer of junior year, and you come back as a senior, or whatever. So, I really wanted to go, and my dad said, obviously, I can't afford that, but I will meet you there. So then I said, well, this is perfect. I'm just going to earn my money here and then I'll be able to go to Europe and my dad will help me. And he he bought the tickets for me to go yeah, and to stay. And he said, well, you'll have to pay everything that you spend while you're there, you know? So you have to save for whatever you think you're going to spend there. So I worked that summer. And my dad, I think back, and I was still in school and he would let me work. This was a kosher restaurant, so he would let me work Saturday nights and double Sundays. And after the double Sunday, we would drive an hour up north to drop me off at my mom's house so I could go to school Monday. And I did that that whole summer so I could, right before the summer actually, so I could make my money and go to, go to um, Europe. And then I, you know, once I did that job, I didn't, I wanted to do, I wanted to keep working. So my senior year, my friends, there was a Panera right by our neighborhood. So my friends were all working at Panera. And then I went to Panera and I did the line and I did cashier. And then on the weekends, I would go be with my dad. And then when I graduated and I started going to college, I didn't, I wanted to do something in fashion. I, I really liked organizing. I really liked seeing colors. I really liked clothes and shoes. I really liked shoes so <laughs> I, I really like shoes too <laughs> yeah I really I really liked a lot of those things so I wanted to do that so I started um visual uh being a visual merchandiser you know because for me my the way my brain works it's always been super easy to like receive a hundred boxes or something and have a plan of how they should be laid out where they would go so I started working in that but I was also going to school not, you know, not much direction. I was too young when I started. My dad was too busy working. My brother was doing his thing too at the time. So when I when I decided to go, like Miami Day was opening their first culinary school and they told us. So it was like, so my friend and I talked to each other and said, we should go to the school. And we tried to switch our majors. By this time we had gone to college for two years. And my dad said, absolutely not. I paid for this two years. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I can't afford it, Val. And I did what every Latina young girl does. And I called my grandmother <laughs> and I said, hey, Mati, 
I said who's the name who the name is the rest yeah. is after. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if I was saying it right. I was saying Maddie's, but it's more well, now it's turning to Ma- Maddie's, but for me it's Maddie's. Okay, yeah. Um I called her and I said, Listen, I really want to go to culinary school. I think this is what I want to do. Um, but I need a lot of money. And it was like seven thousand to get in because uniforms, knives, all these things. Yeah, and she books. said, I will help you. And she sent me the money. I still owe her till this day. <laughs> well, you named a restaurant after and her. She must feel she good said, about that. <laughs> I will send you the money. You just her dream was she was one of eight. And the eldest. So she never got to go to school. And she was brilliant. Um, so she always wanted all her grandkids to go to college, right? So she did her last big push. Um, I dropped out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I dropped out of, of culinary school. Um, couldn't afford it. I was still too young. Couldn't get my my head straight. And, and I said to myself, you know what? I want to make money. So I would just work. And I'll figure this out. So I went to apply a job as a hostess. I would always, my brother and I always took caterings for my dad. Yeah. So my dad would say, hey, I, I have two caterings. You go to this one, you go to this one. He would do the big work. And then we would come in to do like the smaller work. You know, at that point, Nando had already been making sushi for a while. So he did a lot of the big work. But I was always sent in for the, the smaller jobs. And um, what's your age difference between you? Three and years. He's older? Yeah. Okay. So when, yeah, when I finally decided, I went back, I started working in kitchens. I started, um, I really wanted to learn sushi because at the time there was not a lot of women who, who were behind sushi bars. There really isn't still. There still isn't. Um, yeah. It's interesting. But my dad didn't like, you know, my dad was too busy working 16 hour days. He was just like, I don't, he didn't really want this Fernando and I, you know, he wanted a different life for us. And he did it out of necessity. This isn't. This wasn't what he went to. My dad went to college. He, this wasn't what he grew up doing. You know, he just did it when he moved to the U.S. The only places that are willing to hire immigrants are restaurants, really, or construction. You know. Yeah. So that my dad came into this. Um, so he didn't really want this for us. We both really we wanted it anyway. And then I just started working, and then I did front of the house for for a lot of years. Oh well, that's. Great yeah. experience to have. And yep. then I did, and then I finally switched to back of the house. Probably at, probably at 20, I switched back of the house. And I was like, all right, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I yeah. So how did the idea for Itame come about? Am I saying that one right? Itamai. Itamai. Yeah. <laughs> My apologies. You're not the only one. I, um, I, I say this on the show because it's true. I I look at words and I tend to pronounce them my own way. That's not necessarily the right way, but, um, it am I, it am I, it am I. Yeah. Cause I was looking back at my, my Instagram because <laughs> being from Miami and I found my post from November, 2019. Wow. And I wrote, wish you could taste this La Punta. And I have I know exactly salmon ceviche at it's a my yeah at the saint roche market miami yeah. which what it was called i think it was called mia miami but i remember i went into the market and i knew about the market had opened and i was like exploring but i didn't have a place i was definitely going to eat when i was there and i saw your place and i went and i i remember it was a special for the day because i asked for a recommendation and it was so 
delicious. It was so delicious. And this is 2019 before you became as, as, as popular <laughs> as, you know, as where your name was out there as much because it was more, you were part of this market. Yeah. So how did that come about? So the market was when my dad was looking to do a small little sushi bar. Nando was still doing music and I was working for Mike Solomonoff. Oh, nice. And in, they, in Philly? No, here. Remember, he opened a Disney Golf and a Federal Donuts. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, he, he also came to New York for a little bit with, um, I did Disney Golf. Yes. Yeah. In the Chelsea market. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, oh, I, yeah. I, in my training, I he's spent amazing. Two days there. He is amazing. He's in my book. He's in my Shepherd's book. He's, I love him. Um, a great mentor and somebody I've always been able to reach out to. And somebody that I really just genuinely care about because um, he's that great of a person. Yeah, agree. Um, so, and oh, wow. they called they called a friend and I to do a healthy concept at the market. We explored it, and but we just weren't ready yet. And I said, "Hey, are you looking for a sushi vendor or anything?" And they said, "Yeah, we are." And I said, "Well, why don't you meet my dad?" So I introduced them to my dad and then my dad made them sushi and then they said yes. And then they opened very quickly. I was in North Carolina with Mike for food and wine and my brother had to help my dad. And then when I, in, in North Carolina, Mike tells me, hey, listen, I'm going to close the stores, um, but you, we would like you to move to Philly and work at have, and, you know, we'll keep going. And I, in that moment, knew very clearly what I was going to do and I, you know, which is very hard for me to leave Mike's side because I thought we could go. I was young, very young when I started working with him, but I, I knew there was so much more potential in the relationship of, of chef and mentor, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so then I said, thank you, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to go be with my dad. And Nando was already working with, helping my dad out. And then the rest is history. Wow, I I loved learning stuff. I did not know that Mike was your mentor, and that's really cool. I mean, what what a great mentor to have and experience. Yeah, I mean, and the year I worked with him, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because I wish I could work like I could work with him now, so he could see like how much better I am. Because at that moment, I was also limited to what I knew, you know. So it was we had our he had challenges with me of things that like I just was too young to know which I'm sure he I I feel he got and I'm sure I don't know has he been here to any of your restaurants yes, yes yes okay okay I will like have a little bit of a heart attack if Mike comes into town I don't know we just kidding we always make sure we reach out to each other these ones yeah here, yeah know? no I I'm a big fan and uh yeah good good person good amazing chef I mean yeah it's nice having him in his restaurants in Brooklyn now yeah so um okay cool so you opened in the market and then talk a little about the transitions that you went through well was it was it like an instant success and then you decided to move into the more full service restaurant space that was downstairs in the plaza it wasn't an instant success. It was, uh, we, we waited just like anybody else, you know, for people to 
St. Rock Market was an instant success. Like people really wanted to come because it was the only first market of its kind. Yeah. You know, you had 100 Lucky, but 100 Lucky was is only Asian food. So, um, and different vibe. I don't know. Total different yeah. vibe. So, but you know, we, we had to put in the work like everybody else, you know, just count. We would, our goals would be like, a thousand dollars a day you know like can we just get to a thousand today can we get because it was for us starting from zero mm-hmm. so with those we had little goals and then we you know started noticing we had something special and then we kept working at it kept working at it kept working at it and then the space became available downstairs and we took it and then COVID happened <laughs> yeah I remember, well, actually, I was looking back at all my posts. Oh, I went to your pop-up you did with, it wasn't a pop-up, but your collaboration with Lama Inn. Oh, yes, that's where we met. And that was, yeah, that was, was in 2021. I was at the bar. Yeah, I did that. And then in 2022, I remember being in the courtyard and right, I wrote about your tuna teradito and, and sitting outside because it was, but yeah, no, that's, yeah, that, um, that was a cool collaboration you did. I love those guys. Yeah, um, I have a lot of respect for them and what they do and how they view Peruvian food, and I very much connect with them. Um, they inspire me. They inspire me so yeah. much. Yeah, he's a great chat, Eric. So um, talk about your cuisine, though, because you've mentioned sushi, but you're doing Peruvian cuisine. Yeah, so now, look, it honestly takes... You, you open a restaurant, you have an idea. Mm-hmm. This is me with my experience now, right? You open a restaurant, you have an idea, and then the restaurant will tell you what it's going to be. Yeah, okay. I've heard this. But it's I, not, it's yeah. not, like, it doesn't. So I originally wanted to play with just very traditional soul food, Peruvian cooking. Um, and the portions were massive. And we couldn't figure it out. And then... um. It took us a while to come to be who, who we are now, which is we're approving restaurants of the, through the eyes of, of, you know, Nando and I who have left Peru mm-hmm. 22 years ago, okay? And who are inspired by other ingredients, who are inspired by other cultures that we're exposed to here. So we are a Peruvian restaurant, but we, we are Peruvian chefs. But but we but we look at it differently because we've been gone from Peru for twenty two years. We go we go a lot. We go like three four, three times a year. Yeah. But you know we're exposed to different ingredients, different techniques. We see what our peers are doing. We we're exposed to so so different. So for me, I've learned to just be really content in that place of understanding that my roots, every sauce, every dish we make, the soul of it is Peruvian. All the ingredients and the technique or how we may look at this all comes from inspiration from everywhere else. I love that. I took a solo trip to Peru in 2016. I went to Lima. I went to Cusco. I did Machu Picchu. And that trip was so amazing. And I, I went to went to Central and I also went to Mido. And 
my dope, I mean, they all blew me away, but I was like, I've since gotten to know Misha from, from there. He just, you know, Latin America's the uh, yeah. best. He's just number one spot and central is like number one and on the world's 50 best. And they're, they're also Latin America. I mean, these restaurants have really made a mark and I think people are starting to become more familiar with that type of cuisine. But, um, I guess maybe I'll tie this into my question from my last guest where I'm going with this. So um, on episode 380, I had on Andrew Zimmern. He's an Emmy winning and four time James Beard award winning TV personality, chef, writer and social justice advocate. And his question for you is describe the twin challenges of coming up in this business as a woman and a chef and a restaurant owner and the hurdles and the work that you had to do to establish yourself at the same time cooking in a style that is not as familiar to most Americans. So I think with like Japanese or Peruvian cuisine, Peruvian cuisine, like maybe it's becoming a little more mainstay now, but what's your experience with it? I think being a female chef, the biggest hurdle I, I encounter is how people will treat me and how they will just automatically treat Nando. Yeah. It's very fast. Um, and now I've, called it out so many times to him that he he the other day was like I know it's because you're a woman that this is happening <laughs> like he called it out himself you know yeah and that's my biggest challenge but I've I've been blessed to be raised really closely to Nando so I've always had a layer of protection <laughs> that's that maybe good or may not be good because sometimes it's made me a little bit too free and then too um has allowed me not to look at some things a little more careful because I've just always known I've had my big brother next there to, next to me to protect right, me. Right, right. But I don't know. You know, I have a very strong personality and I, um, I have my challenges, of course, but I think now I reach more challenges as just, you know, as an operator where, like, I have to, you know, make sure I make all my moves as careful as possible. Um, I do a lot of work for that. I do a lot of therapy. I do a lot of work to grow as a, as a, as a boss, as a chef, as a person to make sure that no matter where I'm going, I'm, I don't lose sight of things. I'm not going to, cause that's not my personality, but sometimes I feel really like a lot of pressure or very anxious. And, and sometimes I've allowed that to get the best of me on a day um, where when I was able to really look at myself in that and I started therapy almost four years ago the therapy I mainly do is to make sure I'm always able to show up for everybody the best way possible you know healing a lot of the other stuff but mainly it's like okay process things digest them and there's not that serious this isn't really anxiety this is you're just nervous or maybe you're uncomfortable you know like yesterday it's food and wine weekend and um one of the things about you know, getting all these accolades, you, these are accolades I've never dreamt about, you know? Yeah. It, it, there's just, that's not me. I've never sat anywhere and been like, I can't wait till I have this and this and this. I'm usually pretty, pretty, uh, I'm driven by the team I have around me, you know? And, and yeah. I, I'm protective of my feelings. So I tend not to like want to think too, too much because of the disappointment or anything, you know? So, but the thing about having these many athletes, you have a lot of eyes on you. Yeah. Well, some I eyes mean, are excited yeah. to see what you do. And some eyes are just waiting to see if you're 
that good or not you know yeah. the hype is real yeah and you can tell because some people come here with the energy like let's see what the hype is all about right um <laughs> and last night you know it's food and wine weekend and i we did a deep clean i mean we were scrubbing like we came in super early as a team i was scrubbing bathrooms you know uh, my mom is a super cleaner she always kept our house really <laughs> clean and Nando and I are the same way. Yeah. So like whenever she cleaning for the bathroom, I'm always like, it's me, it's me. I have to do it because I know all the little spots, you know. Um, and I was telling the team, you know, I, I believe we're going to have a lot of people coming in this weekend. We're going to be very excited to try us. And our job is just to deliver, you know. Um, there's a moment where we had maybe like five tables of, of chefs that I really admire. And they all knew each other. They're all from New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're all giving each other hugs and kisses and talking to kisses each other. last night. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point they weren't sitting down to eat because they were, they were, so, they were so happy to see each other. Right. Right. And then and they all sat down together. Reunion. They all sat down at one time. And then I was just like, Oh Lord, I'm going <laughs> to feed all these chefs that I really um, look up to at one time. Plus the whole dining room is full at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, for a second, I started getting like really anxious. And I remember, you know, something that I really work with in therapy, which is just like, enjoy the moment. Like, instead of being anxious or nervous about like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Like, what if it goes bad? Like, why don't you just take this moment and be like, I cannot believe I'm going to cook for these people. Yeah. And they're and here. And they're mm-hmm. here. So take this moment in and perform, you know? That's um, awesome. So I had the moment yesterday and I was like, oh my God, everyone's here. What am I going to do? I'm going to pass out. And then... Then we went, you know, we hung out a little bit, some people last night um, after service. And and I realized, like, they were like, we were just so happy, like, the energy. And it was all because, like, we felt good. And they were also just, we, we created a space for them to feel comfortable enough, like, their home. So they were all giving each other hugs and getting up on their tables and talking to the next table and talking to the other table. And I am just really happy that we were able to do that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry I wasn't here. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> no, it's really nice. And I think um, your way, your your mindset, and um, I, I think that's wonderful because they're coming here for a reason. And I don't think the chefs coming here are the ones coming to be like, oh, let me see. If, no, not you know, them. Not them. I think a lot of other good or not. people, but, you know, but we, we hear it. We hear it. You know, yeah. we get the reviews and they're like, yeah. meh, yay, meh. Yeah. But they're coming, I think, yeah, they're coming here more because as a, like, a colleague of someone in the industry, they want to have your food and respect and all that. And they also just want a delicious meal, you know? Yeah. And no, these are all people that I've met through, through yeah, the years. Yeah. You know, I've, I always make it a point to, I've done as many events as my body has allowed me to. Yeah. <laughs> I still currently sign up for any, like, not any, but most of the events that I, that I am interested in the cause. So I think it's, you know, um, a mar- like a marriage that coming together, all the chefs, whoever's participating will make a greater cost for the community. Yeah. I will still stretch myself to make it. Um, so it was nice. You know, I, sometimes when I have moments like that, I'm able to look around and be like, oh, my God. These are, I mean, these are all people I've met. Yeah. I mean, they bring other people. These are all people I have met. And I'm like, wow, it's I am so freaking blessed that they would pick like they have a million restaurants they could go to and they decide to come like pay the respects yeah no it's awesome you congratulations know, that, you have those are the moments where i'm like pinch yourself relax this isn't anxiety you're just nervous because yeah. it's out of your control you know it's 
let them have a good time and do what you do and take for whatever it is, take it all in, you know? Yeah. And I'm coming on Saturday because you're doing a collab. Yes. With, I was calling her Isabel, but I realized Chabella is then her nickname. Yeah. And I recently was in DC and I went to Lou Tess her restaurant there and met her, which was so cool. And I've, I've met Anna Castro from Lengua Madre uh-huh. in New Orleans. I met her at the Beard Awards and I was on the red Last carpet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm really excited. So Saturday night you're doing collaboration with them. What, what can I expect or how are you guys working together on this? So we all have two dishes on the menu. Um, I switched my dishes quickly once I realized <laughs> that, like, obviously they were going to be making very Mexican forward. And I, you know, we have the whole fish, which is a very popular dish here. So we do an ají amarillo bar blanc, but to pay honor to them, I've decided to do a poblano with serrano bar blanc. Um, and every, the three dishes I have is just to pay honor to them because I am always in in such complete awe and I have so much admiration and respect for them. You know, um, when, when I spoke to Lee about cooking this year, mm-hmm. I was like, I know exactly who I want to cook with. And these are the two girls that I think the world needs to see. I mean, the world sees them already, but yeah, Miami needs to see them. You know, they are yeah. incredible. They're so talented. Um, I suspect that we'll, have a great time. There'll be a lot of mezcal and we'll, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I'm like, now I have to make sure that we order enough. Um, I expect us to have mezcal. I expect us to, um, you know, we're very fun. Like when Chavela and I went to receive our food and wine. Oh, right. She got that honor too. Yes, amazing. Amanda did too the year before. Oh my God. Amazing. There you go. Um, such a that's like we bonded a really like, special honor to get the yeah best new it chef. was very yeah. special and it was more special be, by the people you share it with um and yeah, Chavel and nice. I and Anna we like to have a great time <laughs> well it's gonna be <laughs> a great time besides us cooking we really like to have a great time so we yeah. plan to turn off the music at the end of the night and have fun and dance and and I know that there's a couple after parties, but I'm going to, um, you know, I know some my friends are going to be around and I'm going to let everybody know whoever wants. They can come to my piece and we'll just see where the night takes us. <laughs> well, it's, I'm, I'm so excited to be coming. And yeah, and I haven't had Anna's food yet. And but Chabella's desserts. Oh, my God. They were like blew me away. I was there maybe like about a month ago. So. Um, well, I'm looking forward to that. Before we take a break, just one more thing about like your cuisines or the different the different restaurants you have now, because you have three different concepts. And at my tip, I took a little from from what I understood, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are, is this Maddie's like your running ship, like it's your place, or is Nando also like are you collaborating on it? Yes. And then okay. A hundred percent. I cannot do this on my own. This is quite large. Okay. Um, and, and we, and I think I thrive better when I'm with my brother around, you know, yeah, I mean, it's taking us sense. a while to, you know, because you're still in your creative space, right? So it's taking us time to get to a place where each of us are, you know, understand that process. 
But yesterday, for instance, I felt that I was like, oh, where's my brother? Like, you know, he's prepping for his event. But I really felt it like I was like, there's so many people here that are so important. Where's my brother? But not because because I just feel like I know things are going to be like nothing will slip the two of us, you know, or together. You know, initially we're on opposite sides of the past, you know, double checking, double checking things. So what a special relationship. I mean, like, looking, you know, talking to you and watching you as you talk about him, it's just, you obviously have a really strong bond and to be able to work together in the restaurant industry, which can be tough and challenging, as you said, stressful and like all this stuff happening, but you guys, like you're there to support each other and, um, obviously have a good, I don't want to say teamwork, but like a good balance or like you, you can read each other and help each other out and support each other. And so, yeah, I think really we're amazing. both a pretty good anchor of each other, you know? So yeah. we tend to always remind each other what we're actually doing this for, you know, and not what everybody thinks we're doing it for. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so we're able to help each other out and, and be there for each other really. Wow. It's very special and I feel very lucky to know you guys and like to be here with you today and just get to know you better. It's amazing. So we're going to take a little break. We'll come back. We'll play my speed realm. We'll talk a little industry news, my solo dining experience and the final question. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. And today my guest is Valerie Chang-Kumpa, or Val. And she is an award-winning Miami-based chef with restaurants Itame, B-Side, and Maddie's. And we are here at Maddie's, um, which is so lovely looking out the windows here in Midtown, which is a neighborhood of Miami that didn't even exist when I grew up here. <laughs> but it's like thriving, thriving. Gorgeous, gorgeous day, gorgeous restaurant. Okay, so it's time for my speed round. All right. What this is, is I'm going to name a couple things and you get to pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Okay. Okay, here we go. Eat in at home or eat out at a restaurant. (laughs) You're looking at me. (laughs) Eat in. A lot of chefs, I have to say, a lot of people I talk to, interviews, Say eat in. I don't know if it's um because you're at the restaurant all the time, but um yeah. I think it's a I lot, lot of peaceful. Yeah. So it's not so chaotic. Yeah. Okay. Indoor dining or al fresco dining. Indoor, all the way. Ooh. Wine, beer, cocktail, mocktail, or champagne. 
I'm going through a wine phase right now. Okay, good to know. I will not be going through that wine phase tomorrow. And maybe the, I was saying mezcal phase is the next phase going, going through. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> That'll be tomorrow's phase. How about tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. All the way. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. <laughs> Taking that one very seriously. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? All-inclusive. Open kitchen or closed kitchen? Open kitchen. Cooking for your brother or dad or having them cook for you? Having them cook for me. 100%. <laughs> There's and no um, hesitation on that one. I love when I go to, my brother actually cooks lunch home with his fiance, Lauren. And I love when they text me and they're like, hey, we're making dinner. Do you want some? Or the other night I was, he just moved into the building. Oh, okay. Matisse's. Okay. Because he's getting ready to open into my AO next door. Oh. So um, I'm going to move in about a month upstairs as well. Okay. So we need to be a little bit closer to work. And uh, we have dogs, sashimi, meadow, and chapo. (laughs) And we need to be a little closer to them. So the other night I was leaving work and I was very tired. And I found a little pasta takeout container with a salad he had made. And it was still like nice and warm. And I was very excited to just eat that when I got home. So I love when my brother cooks. I love that. And invites me. We, we need to take a little, we have two more in this, but talk a little about what's happening with Itamai. Itamai A-O. A-O. A-O means blue in Japanese. Oh. Since if Itamai only, you know, focuses on the ocean, um, you'll see our, you know, iconic uh, terrazzo that was pink before. Now it'll be blue. A different one. Yeah, yeah. yeah very beautiful um and it's opening you should show me the space and it's beautiful very soon okay for some equipment to come in okay soon soon maybe maybe by the time this show airs we'll see well i don't know that's next week but (laughs) (laughs) soon soon okay all right the last two from the game i have cheese plate or dessert dessert and manhattan brooklyn or miami or I guess, what's it, what, I can't pronounce, the city you're from in Peru. Again. Yeah, I looked on the map where it was. I saw it was up in the north, like yeah. you said. Um, so between those four. Miami. <laughs> All right. Love it. Miami. So I one day move to New York and then I'll be in New York. <laughs> okay, well, I, I welcome you. <laughs> I love coming down here, though, visiting. And um, Okay, so that's the game. It was fun. So for industry news, picked out something like you're in the piece a little bit. So on Eater Miami, the article's entitled, Michelin adds eight new Miami restaurants to its guide ahead of its larger awards ceremony in April. And this was by Ali Fowler. And this came out on the 15th of February. So it's about Michelin Guide has once again expanded its culinary footprint in Florida, unveiling 19 new restaurant additions to its coveted list in Miami, Orlando, and Tampa. Miami leads the way this year with eight new entries, while Tampa received six and five in Orlando area. 
and among one in Miami is Peruvian inspired Maddie's. Yay! Um, so that's cool. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I think, I mean, Michelin, I was up a few months ago. They did the Michelin Awards um, in New York, and it was New York, DC, and Chicago. They combined it all. Um, and it was, it was really great. It's interesting the way they do their announcements because they kind of put this out there that you're like in the book or you're included in the guide, but they're not saying exactly what, like, what that means. For, like, is that mean you have a Michelin star? Does that mean you're Bib Gourmand? That's the way I read it. I haven't looked okay. so much <laughs> into it. I believe that they're saying you're in the guide. Yeah. And that you're... You're in the guy no matter what. Yes. And then and they're going to... There's a possibility you're in the running for anything. Yeah. And then in the it's April 18th in Tampa. They're doing the oh, the ceremony. And at that award ceremony, they will announce what specifically each award is. So, but you're in. So congratulations. And that's cool. I don't know. It's a big... I've, I mean, I remember Michelin... Mission came to Florida a couple of years ago, and it's you know a big, big deal to have it here now. Yeah. So, you know, anything that helps Miami and the food scene and the food culture that we have here, and let the world know that we're not so behind everyone like they think. That we have yeah things going on. We don't we don't desire to be any other state or ha- or city. We're happy with our own and what we do and what we create here. No, we're also creating very special. Yeah. Places. I agree. I mean, now when I come down to Miami, I always have, you know, lists of places I want to check out and visit. I don't think maybe back, I'm going back like 20 years ago, you know, <laughs> like it was just get me my stone crabs. I didn't have as many restaurants on my list to yeah. check out. And now I'm like overwhelmed in the sense that I can't get to everywhere I want to go in the three days I'm going to be here. So, but um, yeah, it's cool. So we'll stay tuned to see what the announcements are, but um, it's Michelin Miami. And so for my solo dining experience this week, I'm going to give you the rundown. And this week it's at Gotham Burger Social Club. So here we go. The location. 131 Essex Street in Lower East Side of New York City. The concept, New York City's biggest pop-up now has a home seven days a week. And they have more of the burgers, too. So the owner is Mike Puma. Why did I go? Well, friends with Mike. I'm a fan of Mike's, and I'm a fan of his burgers, his pop-ups he's been doing for years. And I actually interviewed him back in 2021 with the show I did on the South Beach Wine and Food Festival um, it was episode 290. Um, so he was just doing his burger pop-up. So now he is a, a brick and mortar place. So that's why I went. Experience, uh, recently went. It's cold in New York. It was a cold night. I walked over there. It was kind of early. It was a weekday. It wasn't super busy. Um, fortunately, Mike wasn't there, so I missed him. But I ordered at the counter, paid. They uh, waited for my name to be called and uh, sat in the back and... Um, I had a good time. I mean, it was like a chill, a chill burger night out by myself. So what I get? Well, I got the Gotham Smash single burger with grilled onions, American cheese, house meat, pickles, jalapenos, club sauce, ketchup, and mustard. And then I got two sides. I wanted to try the frickles and I got it with club sauce and ranch. And then I also got their tater tots. My take. 
still an awesome burger. I don't know if you've ever had um, the Gotham Burger Social Club Smash Burger, but it's a delicious one. And he did all these pop-ups. And so now it's great that he has this standalone place. And the frickles were great, very tasty. Dipping sauces, tots were great too. So the ambiance, so it's a casual corner spot. It's got big windows uh, on both sides and wood tables, booths, and um, in there's an open kitchen in the front with counter seats. So you order at the front and then you can sit in the back. There's a bunch of booths. Perfect for burger cravings, solo or with friends. Interesting tidbit. Mike Puma started the Gotham Burger Social Club in 2013 as his way to bring his love of food and friends together. It was supposed to be a one-year burger tour with his close friends has now developed into a lifestyle of great food, beef, and spirits. Personal fun fact. So I've been going to his pop-ups over the years. He most recently had had one. He did pretty regularly at Ray's in the Lower East Side, and there's always a huge line. So sometimes it's it's good to know Mike. <laughs> but I've gotten there sort of at the end of the day too, where it's like he's like down to like the last two burgers and you kind of score one, you feel lucky. Um, so another interesting tidbit. Interestingly, I just wanted to mention another burger spot that recently opened in New York, and this is Hamburger America, and it's George Motz's place, and he's directed a documentary and film and written books detailing the history of the hamburger in the U.S. So he opened this spot. It's on the other side of town. It's West Soho, at McDougal Street in Houston, and it's it's also awesome. I went there solo, too, and I tried both of his burgers. He's a fried onion burger and a classic smash. And I got shoestring fries and chocolate egg cream. And this is a little more of a, like a diner feel. I was sitting at the counter there. There's seats in the back, but they do have counter seats and you're right there in the action. So anyways, shout out to him too. Another awesome burger spot. Uh, so the cost of my meal, actually I was looking at the cost of both of my meals and they were both around $23, not including tax gratuity. Would I go back? Yes to both. And websites, I'll give them both shouts out. I got website gbsc.nyc and at Instagram, Gotham Burger Social Club and website Hamburger America Today and at Hamburger underscore America and at Mott's Burger. Okay, so there you go. Did I make you crave burgers is the question. Yes, I am thinking currently right now, what am I eating for lunch? Um, Yeah, me too. But what am I doing later today? I'm going to the Burger Bash. So I'm going to have all my burger picks. Everyone is today. Are you going to be there? You got to travel. I'll be here at the restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm going. It's, you know, it's... It's it's, it's like a family tradition. (laughs) It's it's like the, the, I'd say like the original of like these big walk around tasting events. It's on the beach. So it's cool. You know, you're walking on sand. It's it's worth checking out some time. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, South Beach Wine and Food Festival, which is why I'm down here in Lee Schrager, started this festival. This is the the 23rd year and it just keeps growing, getting bigger and more events and so many chefs from New York and elsewhere come down for it. And it's really the production team, Randy Fisher of Cream. Love Randy Fisher. He's amazing. I had him on a guest on my show a long time ago. And Devin Padgett, who also works on it, both friends who've been on the show. And they're just, yeah, Randy and his team, they're just they put this thing together and Devin, like the whole team is like, they make it look like it's easy to put together this giant festival. And it's not easy. It's not, but it's 
Yeah. No, they're amazing. I mean, a lot of the reason I like coming down to this is like to see them and to just like be like, you guys are rock stars. So I'm going to have burgers later tonight. And before I let you go, I need to ask you for the final question. So my next guest is Milu Motamid. She's an Emmy-nominated TV personality who has been named one of Adweek's 30 most influential people in food. She's been shaping the conversation in food and travel for more than 20 years. She was born in Iran, raised in Paris and New York. And at one point, she served as the editor-in-chief at Food & Wine. And she's also been a longtime features director for Travel and Leisure magazine. So she's worn a lot of hats in the culinary space, but I'm going to be having her on and hearing all about her fascinating career. But Val, can you ask a question for Nilu? Could be anything. I guess I'm always curious when, when like, how do... How do people who may not have a very traditional background in food or, or like working in kitchens or if they work in kitchens, where does this love begin? Yeah. Where, how do you pick this in your career? What moment do you say, this is what I want to do? This is what drives me. How does it drive you? Does it drive you because, you know, a grandmother or a mother or a father who, who or what does food mean to you that led you to want to follow this or pursue this or take a risk on it and go behind a career. I love it. I'm going to find out and I'm going to ask you to, and I don't know, I try to go and order my shows and I don't know when this one's going to air, but I'm going to be going on the PanCon podcast. Okay. And I figure you must, or do you know, chef owner, partner, Michael Beltrain of Ariete? We call each other cousins. Okay. Well, I figured you must at least know him and say I would like kick myself if I didn't ask you to ask him a question too because I'm going to be going on his show and then I'm going to use our recording also for my show so I figure I can ask him things as well as he asked me so he has he's got Ariete which is a one Michelin star restaurant he's got Chug's Diner he's got the Gibson Room Grocery Laurel he's looking on his website he's got a lot of concepts now so Val as your cousin <laughs> what would you like to ask him? <laughs> it's a little tricky because I usually just ask him directly all my questions. Be like, I like to ask him, what is his vision for his hospitality group? Where does he want to go? Where does he want to take it? What does he want to be known for? I love what it. What is his legacy? I'm excited to chat with him. And when is he marrying Rachel? Oh. <laughs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> we got that that question in there. Um, I'm gonna ask him all of that. Um, <laughs> well, I've listened to his show, and it's a very free flowing. Like, we have a very like sibling relationship. He gets, yeah. I wouldn't surprise him. I text him this every day. Awesome. I'm gonna find out. I have. I mean, one of the reasons or the reason I'm going on his show is I have a new book out called Chef Wise. Yes, and. Um, so we were talking about that. And I've been asking all chefs too, like, what's your top chef advice as a leading chef in the industry? Like, what do you have advice for anyone else if they're aspiring young cooks, someone who maybe wants to get into this crazy field? I mean, the technicalities are easy, right? Like, you want to cook, you got to learn to cook, you got to go and cook, right? I think now what I've learned most is how much you need to take care of yourself to be able to really show up as a leader in all ways. 
you know, the, how important it is to take really good care of yourself, you know, and not, you know, we're still working in long hours. We're still doing the grind, but the way I look at my, my rest or taking care of my mind is completely different than I ever had. And it's led me to be in different places that I've never been before. I love it. I love that you're doing that. And it's great advice. And um, the rest is technical, right? Like, yeah, you want to become a restaurant manager, start at the door, then go into support, then go into servers, spend some time being bar back, then at the bar, you know, you round yourself out, same as a cook, right? It's more like we don't talk enough about how much you need to take care of yourself. You need to exercise, but not exercise because you need to be skinny and fit. You exercise because it helps your it helps you mentally, you know, to be in a stable place. Yeah. To to release that energy, to feel more energy. Um how much therapy helps, you know? Yeah. Talking to somebody, not about your problems. Sometimes you talk to somebody about how it feels when somebody doesn't get the time on time, uh, to work on time and you feel like they're not valuing your work or not taking it as serious and then you know therapy teaches you that they're just also trying to do the best that they can and that it's not that serious and that everything's going to be okay and that the restaurant's not supposed to be perfect in month one that everything is an ever ongoing solution you know or I'm sitting here thinking looking at you with your smile and your (laughs) amazing advice and I'm like will you be my therapist (laughs) Like you have no. such great advice. Listen, I um, no, it's really I did a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so. get, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, I'll, anyone I interview in the future, do therapy before our show because <laughs> you're going to come out sounding really great. <laughs> um, that's the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It was wonderful speaking to you. You made me feel very comfortable. Ah, I'm glad. I'm Thank glad. you. You make me feel very comfortable, <laughs> and you feed me very well. I'm I'm truly a major fan of Thank everything you. you, your brother, father, like you all have done. And I love, I, I, I love your, your relationship with your family and that you've been so successful, just like working hard and going after, you know, your vision. And I wish you much continued success. I don't know. I going to, you know, how many more accolades I could have read off at the beginning, but that's um, okay. No more reading all those. Yeah, here, yeah, you know? but it's I, cool. No, it's, it's cool. cool. I didn't want to, you know. I mean, it's it's a big deal, especially because I don't know. You didn't get into this to be like because of I want to win this award, but you're like being recognized because you're doing the work and people are appreciating your food and your cuisine, your hospitality, and everything. So it's all good. Maybe I'll see you um, playing a good beard awards. And maybe I'll see you there. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll see you on Saturday. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. My guest today has been Valerie Chang Kumpa. She's an award-winning Miami-based chef and restaurateur with three concepts here are Itame, B-Side, and Maddie's. Websites are itamemiami.com, bsidemiami.com, and maddiesmiami.com. On Instagram, you can follow her. Am I going to say this right? Shifta Chang? Yep, Chifita Chang. I said that better than me. And uh, handles at Edmay Miami, at B-Side underscore Miami, and at Maddie's Miami. And South Beach, check out Sobe WFF. That's S-O-B-E-W-F-F dot org. And on Instagram, uh, they're at S-O-B-E-W-F-F. 
WFF and same hashtag. And um, I'm excited to be here and going to all these events. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out my new book, ChefWise, Life Lessons from Leading Chefs Around the World by Fiden. It's available now wherever books are sold. Many thanks to my engineer today, Armin. Thanks again to Val. Thanks to our publicist, Lauren. Thanks to Katie and Lee Schrager and the entire South Beach Wine and Food Festival team for having me this amazing festival weekend. And um, that's it. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next week with a new show. Hope you'll tune in then. Thank you as always for being part of all in the industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.